episode 104. Welcome back. We go in and presents here with C the Cuban, who recently has made his name well known for producing with Chatio on the One Chatio project. Man, C, first off, man, just you know, excited to get into your history here and, and talk about just your experiences in the game. But thank you so much, man, for coming on. We go in and presents. Definitely happy to happy to be here, Brian. So first off, man, you know, like the one chatio, man, that's the project that's out right now that's really been going around. Like, how has that been been going for you? And and, and how did you first link up with Chatio from Crew? Uh, well, I met Chatio, I want to say about thirty years ago. Now it's about thirty years ago. We went to school together, and we were in high school together. So um, this this was like eighty four, eighty five when I first met Chatio. He was. Um, in the lower class, I was I I was a sophomore, and he must he must have been like a year below me. He was a freshman coming in, and um, you know we just connected. We all went to the same school. Uh, something about Chatty, I'm not surprised that he ended up doing hip hop and he was part of a group and he was an MC because back then he wasn't actually rhyming, but it was just something about him the way he carried himself that I knew he loved hip hop. You know, there was a certain thing. And then we would, you know, bring up back at 84, 85, those years were like uh, Dougie Fresh, Fat Boys. And we'd have conversations, you know, that would come up because those were the artists that were out at the time back in 84, 85, you know. And um, those, you know, we and, you know, even prior to that, we'd talk about the Cold Crush, you know, those Cold Crush tapes that used to circulate around. We were Grandmaster Kaz and Charlie Chase, you know, and the whole Cold Crush groups. And, um <clears throat> we would just talk about those tapes and you know, I, he would, he has an older brother, so he had a lot of influence because brother's like a few years older than he is. So I know he would see all that, you know, firsthand and he's from the Bronx. So you already know he's from the Bronx and all those guys basically were from the Bronx as well. So his whole come up was uh, seeing that. So pretty much that's how I met Chaddy. We were, you know, we were going to school together and I just saw the influence that he loved hip hop and graffiti, that whole, element you know the break dancing everything you know he had that element in them and you could see it you know like when you looked at him the way he talked the way he um when we mentioned hip-hop and we spoke about certain uh groups the way his eyes would open up when when you would hear the you know when you, you would talk about these groups that he was a fan before he even became the one chatty o. that's amazing man and he he even said in his interview um earlier or i guess last week that you were the one that stayed in school when he got kicked out that you guys were different students yeah definitely yeah he was there like a year or two and then all of a sudden something happened that they suspended a whole bunch of people in the school and he was one of them and yeah he ended up uh leaving the school he was he wasn't there anymore so then yeah that was another reason that we lost um contact because i ended up graduating from that particular school and then, yeah, I, I didn't see him anymore. Yeah, that was the last time I seen him. I never saw him after that ever again till I till I saw the um, the video he did when when I when they did the just another case. But yeah. I wasn't even sure it was I wasn't even sure it was him. I looked at the video, I see it, and it just happened. The guy's name is Chadio, and I'm like, yo, Chad, like, yo, this is Chadio. This got to be Chad, like. And but they were back, you know, when I started seeing him in the, in 1997 with crew and all that, there was no Instagram, there was no Facebook, there was nothing. None of that stuff was out at the time. So if I didn't actually go to a show or see a flyer that he was performing, 
then I would have never known it was him, you know, like I didn't, I didn't know. So that's the reason we connected um, so many years later. That's amazing. So what was that like, man, actually getting together to work on, on music when you have this personal history over time, but you, it's not like you're involved in each other's lives through the years like that. So, so what's it like, you know, approaching it from a musical standpoint with somebody you have that history with? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, I didn't expect to even be doing um, a record particularly with him or nevertheless an album. You know, I thought maybe I oh, would we'll do a single one off, whatever. Let's see how that goes, because that's what happens with a lot of artists. But you know what it was, um, <clears throat> Brian, he, he's relentless. And I guess I'm kind of relentless myself. When I get into something, I go all in. Like I almost drop everything I'm doing <laughs> and I just concentrate on that one thing, which is it's a blessing, but it can be a curse at the same time. And um, I think Chadio handles it. His, he handles it a little bit better. I totally like drop everything that I'm doing. Like it's like I I go into selfish mode for this hip hop hip hop stuff. You know what I'm saying? So um, yeah, we started. I sent him a track. The next day, he wrote it. He wrote to it. He sent it right back. Then he said, then, you know, I was very active on Instagram. That's where I was posting a lot of my tracks. I was just, I would go live and, and I'd just start, you know, banging away on, on, the, on the MPC. And I would, I would do that. Like I'd make like three to four beats every day and I'd be posting every single day. So I was very active on Instagram. And then he once said, yo, let me send me that beat. I like that beat. And then I sent it to him, like I said, and he wrote to it really quick and sent it right back. Then he he already we were already following uh, each other on Instagram and he kept watching me work on Instagram and he was like yo that last beat you did who's using that and I said nobody you want it and he goes yes yeah, send it over same thing he went to he a day later he 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 pens the whole song records it and sends it back and then it just just kept happening every time he saw me post something he was like yo is somebody using that one I was like no. You want to use it? Let's go. And then it just it just kept going, kept going. I mean, it didn't stop. I mean, we're on the we're like twenty tracks into the second project already. I don't know if we're going to use all twenty tracks, but I mean, it's it's going well. Like most of the tracks sound really really good. So yeah, one thing led to another. We just kept working, and he's um, what can I say, man? I've worked with a lot of artists, is and he's one that is quick with it. You know, like you know, there's a lot of artists that don't don't get inspired um, right away. It takes them maybe weeks to sit down and actually just listen to the B and then they'll write a few lines. Uh, another month will pass. You didn't hear nothing back from whoever you sent the B to. And you're just like, yo, what happened? Are you into it or not? That's why I always tell a lot of guys, if I'm going to send you a beat, you don't like it. Tell me straight up. And that's fine. I'm not going to, I'm working on a ton of stuff. I'm, you're going to like something that I'm going to create at some point. So if you don't like it, let me know and we'll keep it moving. But I don't know. His his uh, the way he approaches, the way Chadio approaches his work is 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 one of a kind, man. You know, like the way he works is, is amazing to me. That's awesome, man. What's that back and forth process like when you're actually making songs? And do you guys get in the studio together? Is it a lot of like email correspondence and like phone calls? Like, what what's that process look like? Well, it starts off with a with a with a video. I usually do a video. In the beginning, I wouldn't like send the video to him directly, but I noticed that he when he started liking my tracks, then I would always tag him or send it to him directly. So he'd hear the song, whatever. 
Then I, I set up an MP3 of it. Once he decides he likes a particular track I did, I, I set, him, uh, set up an MP3. I sent it to him. He starts writing to it, starts recording it, recording it. Then we actually take, this is all rough stuff. Like, this is just us doing the rough of it. And then we take it to, there's a studio we work with um, in, in the city called No Mystery Studio, which one of the engineers is Chris Conway. So we really like, um, you know, Chris Conway as far as being an engineer. He, he knows his hip hop. I mean, he's, Chris Conway has worked with everybody from Eminem's first album to Fat Joe, DMX, KRS. I mean, yeah, I'll be here all day. Beat Nuts, uh, everybody. So, he, you know, Chris Conway knows his his sound, you know, the, that hip hop sound. So it was like a no brainer, like, you know, uh, you know, what we were doing together. And, and Chadio had been working there prior already. He was recording some of the stuff with Chris Conway at No Mystery. And um, I, I went there a few times, too. And I was like, you know what, I, this is where I want to work. And then um, whatever we did that we started here roughly at, at the house, we'd take it over there to, you know, mix it and, and uh make sure that you know um you know we would record everything mix it and make sure that everything was tight you know so we, we but basically it all started here over the phone but when it all came down to it we were we were there together you know we 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 does we do some of it like online but when it really comes to the nitty-gritty of it to get getting it all together mixing it making sure everything is tight the drops are where they're supposed to be. If you know, I, I've had um, like I, I like with Mister Sinister from the Executioner. Um, he's he's done a, a lot of the scratches on this uh, project we just put out. So the last time we were in the studio when we were working on this project, Sinister came with his turntable and his mixer, and we did everything right there on the spot live. You know, he didn't. You know, Sinister didn't send me the scratches, wave files, and nothing like that. He we were there all together in the same room, you know, collaborating on it. Cause that's, that's another thing we wanted to take it to that place where, you know, you connect in the same room with the artist, not to say that nowadays you can't send files cause it, it's happening all the time. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just can't be somewhere and you got to send files. It is what it is. But um, with Sinister being in the studio and chatty with the vocals and everything being done on the spot, it's, it's always good, you know, to, to have that um, interaction in person with everybody. No doubt, man. And, you know, when you look at you've been in the game, you know, for um, for a minute now, you know, even going back to, to the Beat Nuts days and seeing the Mighty VIC and, you know, with the work you're doing now, do you feel like a lot of the, the moves that you've made throughout the game have kind of led up to, to this moment? Like, do you do you see like how those moments have led to you um, and, and the notoriety and the, and the, the ears that you're catching now? Yeah, I, you know, I, I have to respect all the peers in the game before me because i mean i i grew up in queens so i was there was a school called 127 park and 127 park where was all the park jams were going down so back in the days kid and play you know they were performing there they were the turnout brothers then they had uh the dj was Wiz. So i'm seeing Wiz up there you know he's part of the he's he's a DJ at this park jam. Then you see Super Lover C, and then then it's everybody's there. Herbie Lovebug, like I, I grew up in Queens, so you see Herbie Lovebug over here. Next next thing you know, Kooji Rap is walking in because Kooji Rap is from there. Eric B, Salt and Pepper, just like, Kwame. It, just, it was just, I was just surrounded by that whole 
that you know that er, in the early days uh, with th- all those guys, and then after that was the Beat Nuts and Vic and Curious George. Like I was so fortunate to be to attend a lot of those sessions, you know. So yeah, I, I, those guys definitely inspired um, what I do now. You know, they they all part of my come up because you know I, I was there and and I was like a sponge back then, just being able to be at all these great sessions and being at these park jam at some of the park jams because I was a little younger back then. But um, yeah, I just saw this all around me, man. It, it, it's it's amazing, man, that I was able to make something of it. You know, all these days, and not just be a fan, but I'm a fan first. First and foremost, I'm I'm a fan. From you know back then buying records to to listen to the Bobito and them on the show, listening to um, Mr. Magic and Molly Mall and you know that whole. I, I was so surrounded by all that, you know that uh, you know that's something I love, and I'm glad that I was able to do my interpretation of all this hip hop I you know observed and absorbed over the years, and I've been able to make something of myself with it. No, that that's incredible, man. I mean, what'd you learn watching the Mighty VIC in the studio? Oh well, before we used to even go to the studio, um, the VIC had a, a studio in his house, in the basement of his mother's house. So we was we were <laughs> we were always down there. So I remember Vic buying the MPC sixty when it first came out. I think it was eighty eight. Oh, 87 that it came out, the MPC 60, the very first one that Roger Lynn was involved with. And uh, it's funny because Vic was, you know, nobody had that machine. He was the first one in the neighborhood to have it. So he's teaching Juju because Juju didn't even know how to use it. Juju was like, yo, Vic, how do you use this MPC that just came out? Because I'm going to have it, but I have no idea how to use it. So Juju's over there uh, teaching them how to use it and cycle less and we're in this basement. I mean, it's amazing just to see, you know, they were going digging together. That's another thing. We used to go on trips to like Virginia, North Carolina and, and Vic's truck and go digging for records and, you know, vinyl records with Juju and unless it, 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 it was amazing, man. And um, yeah, I learned a lot just being around those guys because those guys were already, you know, they were signed uh relativity and then, you know, they, they had the first album. Well, they actually had the intoxicated demons, the first EP, and I was there for like that whole project. Every time they were recording um, anything, um, less uh, Juju and uh, Lord Tariq, which was uh, what was this? What was his name again? It's Lord Tariq. Where he he became Lord Tariq. Oh, Fashion. For some reason, I forgot his name. Yeah, Fashion, and then it was Al Tariq later. So yeah, I was always in the studio when those with those guys dropping all that. So it was just a amazing time Vic was very affiliated with him Vic is like the unofficial fourth member of the of the beat nuts you know besides fashion you know uh fashion when he was there you know it was Juju obviously uh Psycho and then you know that's when Vic was doing production as well so um yeah man it was an amazing time no doubt man and and were you able to keep in touch with any of those guys over the years and really um kind of see their their careers as they've unfolded Oh yeah, definitely. I talk to Vic all the time. We're always on the phone. We call, we talk almost every day. To be honest with you, we're always talking about hip hop, and he's still very involved doing stuff. Um, yeah, we work. We we talk on the regular. Less I saw at a event called Sinister was DJing for an event that they did um, in Brooklyn this summer. 
and actually was over there and uh it was great to be backstage with 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 les and and uh and with sinister you know we were back there there was a lot of other performers there as well so that uh, was a great it was a great time so yeah I, I connect with them um all the time and i speak to juju on on occasion as well no that that's amazing man i love that psycho les is out there man and still putting a lot of music out, and 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 he's he's out here in Cali at at, at shows, and I haven't been able to catch him yet. Yeah, but it's it's good to see him still being really active out there. Um, you know, you also did some great work with Nutso, um, and you know, over the years you've really been involved in his career too. What's it been like working with Nutso and and looking at his approach to the craft? Oh man, with Nutso's been great because Nutso's Nutso in many ways reminds me of Chadio as far as not in style and stuff, but as far as work ethic, he takes his, he takes his business very, very serious. And he's, you know, he's always been stand up and, and, you know, he's been a stand up guy and everything he does, whether it's music and as a friend, cause you know, we're friends as well. I'm like, Nutsal's like my brother, my little brother. So yeah, it's been an amazing ride. Cause was doing a lot of, um, back in the day they had the New York Rican, um, cafe society poet cafe society and that's when um bobito was doing it and they had a lot of these guys from um what's the name of that collective it had al skills shabam sadiq the lyricist uh, lounge yes it was that whole lyricist lounge moment yeah so that's when nutso nutso was getting involved with that but nutso was never in the recording studio so when i met nutso was a little bit after that time frame but he was going to all those events with all these guys. I mean, even Eminem at one point before he was even signed was going to these events. So they had Wordsworth, AL Skills, Punchline, um, Rest in Peace, Pumpkinhead, uh, you know, name, all these guys were out there. You know, like I said, AL Skill as well. And um, yeah, we were just like, you know, that's what Nutsal was doing. And then I met Nutsal a little bit after that. And he was, somebody had told me, yo, this kid could rhyme. You should work with him, this and that. But he was just like a a cipher battler type of guy, rapping in the street type of stuff. He didn't know how to count no bars or structure songs or any of that. So we just started working with him, and he just got in the studio, and we just started releasing singles, and we did a few projects, and we st- and here we are. We're still working uh, almost uh, 25 years later. And could you hear the talent then, that, that raw talent, even if he's not counting bars and, and things like that? Could you just hear that this is a dude with a lot of potential and talent? Yeah, I definitely heard it back then. I think a lot of people heard it back then, but Nutsal was a little wild back there. Back then, that's what they, they don't call him Nutsal for nothing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was a little wild, so we had to, like, you know, calm him down a little bit and get him in the studio. He wasn't used to... Uh, Going in the in the in the booth, closing the door, and and you know sitting there and, and having the to you know to spit over in a microphone over a beat. He was just kind of doing like cipher, cipher stuff in the streets with other guys. You know what I mean? But um, now yeah, we we got him to get in the in the studio. He, he started working on projects, and then it just it just became second nature to him. And now it's like you know he's to. I remember the engineer. We'd have to tell him certain things. Now he's the one that tells the engineer what he wants, and you know. If he's gonna keep this um, ad lib or take it from the top, this you know, like you could just see his professionalism in the game after you know after so many years. That's really cool, man. You know, with with the great work that you've done, like what tracks are you most proud of producing um, at this point? Um, 
Well, besides the the one chatty O, I mean, because that's like, I want to say that's like my biggest project to to today. You know what I mean? As far as uh, you know, legendary being legendary. That as far as you know, where Chatty O comes from and, and his track record. Um, yeah, that that would have to be to today. It would be yeah, th- that would be the one for for now. But besides that, I, I've done a lot of stuff with um, Nuts over the years. So there's a record we did called Ghetto Jam that got a lot of um, burn back in the days. It was I, I, we released it like 2001, and I'm very proud of that because that that was getting played on the radio and a lot of people liked that record. Um, but we did like we did. I would say Ghetto Jam is is the record. No doubt. That's, that's incredible, man. You know, and, and you're someone who's really embraced social media in terms of showing your process, um, the videos, you know, the, the making beats, like how important is that being? Cause I know that's, that's, that's something that definitely helped with, with Chatio, but just getting, you know, awareness in terms of what you're doing, the style you're making, like, you know, how important has social media been and, and really documenting your process, um, and putting it out there publicly. Yeah, I would have to say at times I hate Instagram. At times I hate social media just because, you know, of the stuff that goes on on there, you know, um, a lot of, you know, BSing and people portray to be something they're not. And um, But besides that, it has helped me tremendously. I mean, and I think um, that's the reason um, I've been able to work with certain um, artists through social media. Like I remember one time I was doing this track and um, – and now we're working on some stuff too. Rampage reached out just because he saw me doing something on, you know, social media. I was creating a track and he really liked it. And then next thing you know, we did a track together, which was amazing. Um, so yeah, the social media thing has been incredible um, to me because it, it forced me to make better beats. Being that I was going to post them, I had to come on my A game. So I always had to think like, this beat got to be fucking hot because... I'm going to post this on Instagram. So I always had that attitude, like, I better do some shit that's fucking knocking because if I'm I'm going to put it on social media and it's not hot, it's going to make me look crazy or people are not going to like it or, you know, they're going to start writing negative comments. And thank the Lord, it's been it's been nothing but positive all the way through, you know. That. So I always approach it like whatever I do here. It's got to be banging because it's about to go on social media. So it keeps me on my A game, knowing that I'm gonna create something and it's going, and I'm gonna post it. So I gotta make sure I get people's attention like the minute I post it. No doubt, because you know someone's always waiting to hear like I don't like those drums or like you should have you should have done this instead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God. In the beginning, I was getting, I was getting that maybe a few years back. Like people would say, "Nah, I like that, but the drums are just not." You know, I think you could use harder drums or, you know, the hi-hat's too loud or things of that nature I would get. and But I wouldn't take it in the wrong way. I would just be like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Oh, thanks. So, you know, whatever. But then that happened in the beginning a little bit. And then all of a sudden it just kind of stopped. And then people were really uh, gravitating to my stuff. So then I was, you know. I wasn't I wasn't scared to put it out there, even if it was going to get shot down. That that's where I think a lot of what a lot of people wouldn't do. They don't have they. It's going to make you the person you you know, make you evolve. You sometimes you got to get that hard criticism, and you know not everybody's going to like your stuff, but 
like you got to be your own cheerleader and take that chance sometimes. But it sounds like you're also able to really kind of balance out hate versus criticism and and what you can what you can take to make yourself better versus what you kind of leave. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't let. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. The criticism is not like some people, like I said earlier, some people will, if you give them criticism, like you shut them down. They might not have, you know, that some people won't even post anything or they might sell their drum machine after you tell them that you don't like their beat, yeah. you know? And, and that's just part of, yeah, that's part of the process. Listen, one time, I'm going to give you an example, and this is a true story. I was remixing a whole bunch of artist stuff, and most of the time they came out good, you know, like people were like, oh, man, can I? Can you send me that? I want to put it on a mixtape. And I was like, is that up on SoundCloud or something? And I was like, no, nah. like I'd take a Nas acapella and throw it over a beat I did, and people would be like, yo, is that out already? Like, where'd you get that from? And I said, no, nah, I just, you, that's my beat, and I just flew in at, uh, Nas's acapella. <laughs> so, so one time I did that with a... Um, joint uh, uh uh juju acapella and he, he he dm'd me he was like yo bro that shit is off beat like my vocals ain't going to the beat so he got because juju's a little and, and, and listen nobody want to sound crazy over a beat so i, I kind of knew where he was coming from because he knows people were following me and listening to what i was doing so he didn't want to sound off beat off the beat and yeah when i go back to it, it was off by a hair or whatever but it was throwing it off so he got a little upset about it but not in a bad way but he was just vocal about it right and, you know i didn't get him i didn't get it didn't we're still friends it didn't change anything but he just he, he you know he has a certain you know standard and he doesn't want to sound crazy and i and i get it and and that was cool but that was I wasn't gonna stop doing what I was doing just because <laughs> Juju told me that I was you know I did something off beat or whatever it's fine. No doubt. No, that's it's 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 good to to hear that to to be able to take that kind of um, feedback and, and and use it, but 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 keep going. Um, at the same time, when you're putting beat videos up, like you can still use those beats, right? Like there's no. Um, kind of like, well, you, you put it on Instagram so people have heard it, so I don't want to use it now. Like, Do you ever get that from artists where they, they want something that no one's heard yet? Or do you get artists saying, hey, I really like that beat you posted three days ago. Can I can I get that? You know what? I'm surprised I haven't got that. Because in the beginning, I used to think that way. I thought that people were going to think like, yo, Cuban, take that down. Because I want that beat, and now everybody's going to hear it. But you know what? I, I don't know. I didn't. I, I was expecting to hear that. And I really didn't, I really didn't get that. I mean, oh, actually with Rampage, I had put up this Nas acapella over a beat I had did. And then when Rampage contacted me, he's like, yo, I want that, but take Nas off of that. Cause I'm going to definitely, you just did that beat. I know you just threw Nas's acapella over that. And I said, yeah, I just kind of wanted to see what he sounded like over the beat. He goes, yo, Nas sounds dope but I'm going to do, I'm going to do something to it. And then I guess he got the, when he heard Nas over it, he started thinking Queensbridge. And then he got the idea to use like some, um, prodigy, um, acapella for the scratches, which Sinister actually did some scratches and we used like some mob deep stuff over it. And, uh, that gave him the idea, I guess him hearing Nas over it. But, um, yeah, besides that, no, nah, nobody's really, um, said that. And I'm surprised because I thought Chadio might've said that because sometimes he heard beats that were up a few days. And he was like, yo, who's using that? Like, what's going on? That shit is dope. Can I use that? And I was like, yeah. And then I would either take it down or if I posted it a long time ago, it kind of got lost in my feed and we just, you know, we just did it from scratch again anyway. 
That's really cool because, yeah, I think that's one of the benefits with so much music coming out in so many different platforms these days is that it's okay if, 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 if a crowd heard it. It's not going to stop me from, from doing something new over it. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with, with using Chadio as an example. That's the thing with Chadio. He, he liked that whole competition thing of saying, you know what, um, I'm going to use this, but I'm going to. I'm going to use it better than whoever want, thought about using it. Or if there was an acapella on it, I'm going to use, I'm going to rock it better than they did. You know, so he likes that challenge. And you've been making beats for a minute now, you know, 2023 going into 2024. Like what's the most challenging aspect of being a producer today? What can I say? Hmm. Um, I, you know what I think the most challenging thing is um, this these companies are making so much equipment nowadays, and I'm guilty of this. Um, I think they call it gas, gear accusation syndrome. I think that I'm, I'm pronouncing it right, but that's what it stands for. And prior for me to find my niche, I was like buying so much different equipment, and nothing really was sitting, sitting right with me. I, I didn't want to use a laptop to, to drop and paint. Um, tracks because that's what a lot of people do they just like drop in a snare and throw the hi-hat here and the kick is going to start on the one here and you know the sample I'm going to chop it here but I just didn't gel with the computer stuff um, of making beats so I you know I have I have an MPC and I like to use you know pads and I sample off the vinyl and sometimes I, I sample off straight from the TV or you know whatever motivates me to sample but um i was caught up in buying equipment i couldn't find my niche and what i wanted to use um to find my my perfect workflow so it took me a while to get the right stuff that i felt comfortable with so i think most producers with all this advertisement they think that all this new equipment that they come up with is like that you need to have it to make the best beat possible. And you really don't, it's really the person behind the equipment, but being that with social media and all this, you know, people are making, creating these new drum machines, whether it's people doing stuff off of Fruity Loops or they're using an actual MPC or anything like that. Um, I think that's the biggest challenge. Some people just think that, you know, Oh, he created that on that machine, then that means that, that, that I could do the same. And it really doesn't mean, it doesn't matter what you have. It's just how you use it. And it really comes within you. You know, if you know hip hop and you know what it sounds to you and how you want it to sound, then I think, you know, you should just go with that. I don't think you should get caught up in all this new product that's out there and think that because some guy's using it, that it's going to work for you. Like you just got to find your own niche. So it took me a little while to find that. So I think people get a lot of, uh, get distracted with that. You know, you got to find what works for you and just kind of rock with that. Yeah. Cause I mean, even back in the day, free loops was completely panned by critics and, you know, real producers don't use fruity loops and then ninth wonder comes out with little brother and threat with J yeah. with Jay Z and all sorts of, you know, uh, songs with boot camp, uh, you know, with, with like Sean P and Buckshot and and Merce, and all of a sudden Fruity Loops is okay. You know, it's like it's it's the way he was using Fruity Loops that got people to to kind of say, hey, you know what, like this might be a computer based program, but you can do some pretty cool stuff with it. Oh no, that you, you definitely. That's why I don't knock anybody. Like uh, I remember Nutso was telling me, yo, what should I get? I said, listen, nowadays whatever works for you. You could get a laptop get 
Fruity Loops in it, and you could work that way. And, um, you know, he didn't want to. He's like, no, nah, I, want, I want something with pads. And I said, well, you could get, you could hook up pads to your computer and have that pad feel and record right into the laptop. But he didn't want to do it that way either. So, and I don't do it that, I don't, I don't use any digital workstation um, when I'm creating. I just concentrate on the beat itself. Mm. And then later on, I'll go to a studio and obviously they'll have a digital workstation. I'll drop my stems, you know, off my MPC that I, you know, I, I put together the beat. And then we just track it out there and do the vocals and all that, you know. But, um, yeah, there's so many ways. Yeah, I mean, whatever works for you. I mean, if if you, if you, you know, you, you use technology to, to be your ally, you know what I'm saying? And certain things you'll use that you use the old, that you do the old school way. So everybody has a different approach, you know? So. Right. So so how does a, a Cita Cuban beat really come together from start to finish? Um, I usually go I usually go with the melody first. I just try to mess around with the melody. And I'm inspired by so many 90s records, you know, that's really, that golden era of hip-hop is, is where my heart is at, you know? Um, so I don't know. I just listen to stuff. And, um, and the good thing about hip-hop, or, you know, yeah, the good thing about hip hop is that you can sample from any genre of music and created hip hop. I've taken things that are not hip hop at all and just molded it in a way that it sounds hip hop. You know what I mean? So that's my approach. I, I, I already have um, the hip hop feel in me. You know, I, I know that hip hop already. It's in me already. So whatever else I take for wherever I take a melody from or whatever inspires me, I take that and just mold it and make it hip hop. Mm. That's, that's really cool, man. So how do you know when a beat is done? Yeah, sometimes I don't, I mean, I've learned a little bit more now just by being um, involved in, in so many records that sometimes less is more, you know what I mean? Like um, sometimes you have to picture the uh, artist on the song and sometimes you can't overproduce the track, you know. You, sometimes it's the simplest tracks that just connect, you know. Like, I'm a big fan of Marley Maul, right? And um, Marley Maul, sometimes some of the production he he did were like four or five tracks. He had a four track. And he just used some good elements that you couldn't deny. Some good drums, uh, you know, a nice bass line, some horns, you know. And it, it just it just gelled together. And you you always got to, you know, you got to leave room for the vocalist. And sometimes I, I just keep it ba as basic as I can. And then later on, if we need to add a little extra or take something out, we'll do that. But I usually do that. Um, if I could get the, the MC inspired with what I did, whether it's four, five, six tracks, then we just run from there. And then later on, if I need to add something or take away, then we do it at that point. Nice. And, you know... A lot of people never even make it a decade in the game, man. So, so shout out for your longevity in the game, man, and and staying in it and and staying staying working. What keeps you inspired to to keep working and keep producing new music? Man, I just love, man. I just love, uh, like I said, the golden era of hip hop. You know, I, you know, Mar if you ask me what's my favorite producer, I'll I'll tell you every time Molly Mall. So. Um, very inspired by what Marley Ma did in in early days of hip hop, and um, not to say I'm not inspired by the like Cold Crush and 
you know, but they'll, you know, cold crushing them weren't, you know, they were more over, you know, um, making routines over break beats. And that was dope. And, you know, Marley did that too. He took break beats, but it's just, you know, the, the way Marley put it together, you know, it was, it was just so, so dope, man. So, um, yeah, man, those guys are a big inspiration to me, man. I, and, and I just love hip hop. That's what keeps it, keeps me going. I just, I'm just really caught up in that golden era. And, you know, some people might say, oh, that's older now. What's up with the newer stuff? Are you, I, I just can't do it, man. You know what I'm saying? I just got to stick to my guns. And that's why we're always going to kind of hear that boom bap element, that, that foundation in your beats, right? I mean, it, it, that that's one of those consistencies across everything you produce that I've heard is there's just that, that boom bap element is always there. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I definitely, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the, some people are not looking for that and I get it, but if I, I, I'm, I gotta do it. I gotta first, before I inspire anybody, I gotta inspire myself. I know you gotta inspire people to work with you and the, the MC and stuff, but if I can't inspire myself, then I'm not gonna sit here and create it because I'm, I'm not even inspiring myself. So it has, it has to start with me first, and then I'm hoping to engage everybody else to get inspired by what I, what I'm doing. Yeah, no, that that's amazing, man. So when you look at all the incredible work that you've done and that you have bubbling right now, what should we expect to see from you in 2024? Um. Actually, I'll be working with um, a lot of a lot of upcoming MCs as well that are coming up in the game. There's an artist that we're working with. Uh, he's a little younger, but he grew up with us, so he's surrounded by our the same sound we came up on. Just because he saw us into it, and his name is uh, Rob P. He actually done some stuff with Nutso. They got a a record out now called Stranger Things. They did a video and stuff, and um, I'm doing a project with him. As we speak, um, got a few things happening with uh, Rampage as well. Um, Nutso, we got another project coming. I'm doing a solo project with Nutso as well. Chatio, we got another project coming after this one. But we're going to let this one, uh, you know, get absorbed for a little bit. We're not into dropping. Uh, I mean, we're not following with the industry standards or whatever people think the industry standards you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna listen to our project for a little while before we drop another one we, our, our project is not getting old in two weeks per se you know if you if you don't want to listen you don't have to listen but um we kind of want to you know keep going with the project and give them some life before uh we go on to the next one yeah no that makes sense i mean with so many projects coming out now too i think artists feel this real pressure to drop 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 so how do you look at working a project and letting it breathe in a time when it really seems like it's quantity over quality? Yeah, exactly. That's that's one of the that's one of the reasons it didn't. It's not on streaming um, services at this point. We felt like uh, we didn't want it to get played out so quickly and put it up there, and then it's accessible to everybody. We didn't really care if it was going to be accessible to everybody, we, you know, I, we were just catering to people that are still using turntables. Um, you know, you go on YouTube and these guys are doing live vinyl sets. They, they, they you know, they, they go on there and they're pulling out. Then some guys use Serato, which is cool. It's fine. But then some people are actually doing vinyl sets. So, I, you know, I'm connected with a lot of those, um, DJs that go on and do live vinyl sets. You know, there's a guy named, um, funky chef from spain 
he does like all these vinyl sets, you know, and uh, I've been talking to him for a while. He actually did, um, he's got the Chatio, uh, the One Chatio album, and he did a big um, video promoting the record and, and cutting up the record live. And uh, that's what we're catering uh, for because, you know, we know, I, I know the excitement of getting something sent to me in a package and opening it up and, and pulling it out and putting it on a turntable or going to the store and seeing your record on the shelf. I know those times. So that's, that's what we're catering to, you know what I mean? Um, will, will it be on streaming platforms later down the line? Maybe. Uh, I mean, who knows? But I want to bring that back, you know, that, that whole thing that you connect with the fan, the, pa- the, the fan connects with you. They, they buy the product, you know, they want you to sign it. You know, that, that's where we're at, you know what I mean? I, I know, you know, some people won't look at it like that because they look at it in, in, in terms of uh, money and, and making money. And But we're not in it for just the money aspect of it we you know we want to put out good product and, and and you know it's an art form and we want to preserve it in the best way we can right no that 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 makes sense man so what advice would you have for up-and-coming producers today um i would say put in the work man i mean you really have to put in the work that's the only way you if you expect in this thing that to generate you money overnight or, you know, and it's been cases, there's been cases that guys put their tracks up and, you know, some famous uh, artists took it and, and it went viral, but you know, that's like getting struck by lightning, man. <laughs> like that's not going to have nine out of 10 times. You're not going to blow up that way. You need to put in the work, you know, you got to be in there. You got to be in the studio. You got to constantly be, you know, working on things and, and putting in your hours and it, and it, and it works. It, it comes around, man. When you, it's like when you go to a gym, you, you, you get results, but you're in the gym on a constant basis, you know, and same thing with music. There's no, really no shortcuts, man. 